Hey, this is Justin from Retro Cult, and this is episode two, Ninja Madness. I mean, <clears throat> does it get much better than ninjas? I think not. Uh, tonight I've got Lance Childers, a very good artist and a very good friend of mine. We go way back, grade school way back, and uh, we grew up on ninjas and uh, kung fu movies and karate movies and all forms of action movies and trying to make many of our own. And we talk about a lot of that tonight. We talk about a lot of stuff we hadn't caught up in a long time, so we really kind of went everywhere, but we mainly focused on ninjas. Uh, there are some <clears throat> bad words here and there, nothing awful, but, you know, if you've got kids in the car, you may not want to listen with this particular episode. There might have been a bad word slip here or there, but uh, I really hope you enjoy the show, and if you want to contact the show, you can reach the show at retrocultpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to go to our Facebook, like, subscribe, and f- follow, share, whatever you can do. Uh, and the podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, and iTunes. Maybe on Google Play by now, not sure yet. But wherever you heard it at, like, rate, rate the show. Give us a rating, please. Shoot, at this point, if it's a bad rating, just give us a rating. Uh, it's hard to get a new show off the ground, and this is definitely a new show for me. Uh, it's not got the episodes that Talk Junkie has. If you want to take, check out Talk Junkie, you can find it anywhere quality podcasts are found, and some places that not so quality podcasts are found as well because it's there. It also has a YouTube page and a Facebook page. Uh, be sure to check us out. I hope you guys enjoy the show. I had a ball. Hello, I'm Justin, and this is Retro Cult, and I have a very special guest with me tonight, Mr. Lance Childers. Lance is a, a great artist and a good friend of mine. I've known him since grade school, uh, and I thought there's no better person to really do a podcast about ninjas than with the guy who listened to me drone on and on about ninjas for quite a while. Uh, how you doing tonight, Lance? Doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good. Tonight, we're going to talk about ninja movies uh i didn't throw all martial arts movies in together because i'll probably be able to break up most of these into uh their own individual episodes because i'm obsessed with martial arts movies i can see doing a whole chuck norris episode a whole sylvester stallone episode a whole schwarzenegger episode uh this probably could have been a whole michael dudikoff episode uh probably the most popular ninja of the 80s but um I remember a point in time when I had a little black and white taco video camera that you hooked to a VCR to record with, and uh, all I wanted to do was make movies, and most of those movies involved a ninja, and uh, you can't exactly film yourself and fight yourself, so uh, the poor person who got stuck doing it most of the time was you, and uh, I can remember very distinctly, because I was obsessed with swords, and my parents were smart enough not to give me swords, but you were a responsible kid, and you got to have swords. Uh, on your front porch uh, trying to choreograph a fight and we were working through the fight because it's something I wanted to film and uh, uh, trying to get you to get the sword and use the sword but you were smart enough to know that I would probably lose a finger which down the road I did and uh, not with a sword though unfortunately it was with a saw it'd been a lot cooler story if it'd been with a sword but uh, I had a lot of fun doing that and I would kill to have those tapes because we've got some uh, we've got some pretty good movies out there I mean and some of those movies probably about as good a quality as some of the movies we're going to talk about tonight yeah 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 I love those times those are 
those were my those really were my favorite times. Like I, I miss the hell out of those times. Wish we could. Uh, yeah, I really would like to see those. Oh, I those videos kill again. to find them. You know, the martial arts movies just got me obsessed with martial arts and it was an obsession that lasted for a long time but that was a cool thing i got to do that with you as well we both went to a local gym uh under master shane hamilton at shane's gym in uh rockfort kentucky and uh we both trained there for quite a while you got to your brown belt before i did i had to quit and then come back like years later and get mine uh but you know that was something i you know i can remember being excited for class every week and you know i can also remember thinking you know this is my gateway to be a ninja you know because that was i just assumed that would be my future occupation there wasn't a lot of market for it though i mean you know those times have kind of passed i guess well no no there wasn't um yeah i i miss that too i uh, that was I, th- I thought about like trying to get back into that, like going to try and find some place around here that teaches. Cause there are a lot of places that teaches and I don't know if I can, I don't know if I could afford, you know, to do it or not, but I, it would be great to be, to do that again. I really, uh, really did enjoy that. If you ever look at it again and seriously consider martial arts, look into Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. It's, it's a game changer because I'm not as athletic as I used to be. And it, it doesn't require, like, it kind of works to your strengths. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it, there's a girl we went to school with. You remember Jacinta Hagens? Yeah. yeah she lives around where the area you live or yeah. did at one point, And she actually trained up there um, in jujitsu and got really big into it. We, we talked about it briefly once or twice. I haven't talked to her in a long time, but, I mean, it's it's definitely it's not as flashy and fun as ninjutsu, but uh, it is definitely effective and it makes you feel good. Like it's one of those ones. Some of the best people I've ever met, I've met in a jujitsu gym. And I guess I should give a plug to uh, the place I trained, and and some of the best people I ever met in my life. So if you live in the Eastern Kentucky area and you're listening to this podcast, uh, <clears throat> and you're looking for a place to chain train Brazilian jujitsu. Look at Chain Reaction BJJ. Uh, they're on Facebook. They're affiliated under Reaction MMA out of Lexington, Kentucky. Professor Rob Nickerson is an amazing professor. Uh, they've got really great coaches uh, down here at the Hazard facility. It's a great place, great group of people. And that's the free ad for me. It'd be better if I got paid for those. You know, yeah. I need to pimp myself out some try to get paid. I guess you guys yeah. try to start getting listeners. You don't, you may not realize this, but you're on like the second episode of this podcast. So okay. there's like cool. 10, 15 people listen to you. It's not like Talk Junkie where I got quite a big audience. But don't worry, yeah. if you're hearing this on Talk Junkie, it's because the first two episodes of Retro Cult are kind of like a crossover deal. Putting it on both podcasts, try to get people over. But if you listen to it on Talk Junkie and you want to hear more, this will be the last time you hear one of these on Talk Junkie. You'll have to go to iTunes, Spotify, or Anchor and uh, start following Retro Cult there. Not not my first choice for a name, but it's amazing how many podcasts are out there and how many very smart and creative oh, people yeah. there are that took all the good podcast names before I yeah. could get to them. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, I'm trying to fucking come up with a name for my YouTube channel. It was everything I thought was cool was pretty much taken. Um, 
Yeah, I started out with that uh, Rage Against the Game. I liked that. Yeah, some guy had that. And I, 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 he hadn't posted in a long time, but but shit, I, I haven't posted in a long time either, you know. And then I went with, then I, I changed it to Uneasy Gamer because I thought it would be funny, if, you know, like I play games on easy mode, but I still suck at them. <laughs> you know, I do that as well. You know, I thought that would be kind of funny then, but I, then I'm like, I want to do more than just, you know, games and stuff. I want to like put some of my art on there so it wouldn't really fit it. So I just, right now I'm going with just my initials, LTC. Well, you know, a lot of it's not as much the name once you can get it to take off. And a lot of the problem with the name is everything good's already been done. Yeah. doesn't mean you can't do it better, but it's hard to find those names, you know. When I come up with Talk Junkie for the other podcast, I didn't find that anywhere. And it, you know, I like to talk. It yeah. worked. And oh, that's a, that's a great name. That's a that's that's a really awesome name. It's like I wish what, I would have thought of that name. You know. Yeah. Now I have found Talk Junkies with a S. They may even be around longer than me. Somewhere, somebody beat me to almost everything. Like Facebook, if you type in Talk Junkie, I'm not the first thing that pops up. I don't know. I mean, I guess they say great minds think alike. Maybe these people, yeah. they're probably better at it than me. So there's there's that well, going for them. I mean, there's a lot of it. A lot of it's in the zeitgeist, you know, or whatever freaking energy it is that, you know, the, that we creative people draw from when we we get sparked on ideals. But and so, I mean, there's, there is a lot of, I think, a lot of crossovers, like a lot of great, a lot of great minds think alike. You know, it's it's like uh, some people say this thing's ripping off this thing, but it's, you know, it's just sort of a coincidence. Well, it's parallel thinking. Like, I mean, it, yeah, it happens a lot. Thinking, exactly. So where can people find your artwork? Is it, I know um, it's the art of Lance Childers. Is that the Facebook? Yeah. Yeah. And um, Lance Childers. Oh, let's see. You're as bad as me. I never can. I finally changed my Instagram to something that. I could write down, read it four or five times, and remember it. Yeah. Um, uh, Lance Children's Art is my Instagram. Okay, and the Facebook is LTC. The Facebook is Lance. Uh, the Art of Lance Children's. That's yes, the, yes. the Facebook. The page. YouTube. The YouTube is. The YouTube should be LTC. LTC. Yeah, LTC, I think maybe hope or Lance Childers. I don't. Know. That's, what, that's what it was last time we checked. I yeah. like, my son does uh, TikTok, and yeah. like he's changing his TikTok name every other day. And I'm like, so yeah. what? No big deal. And then my wife gets on his TikTok page, and he's got like ten thousand views on this video, really? fifteen thousand on this video. I want to say he had 60,000 on one video. Of course, he changed his mind on what he wanted to do and renamed right. his channel and deleted all those videos and then did it again. Right. And I mean, like he's taking content from other people and mixing videos and making little goofy videos on theirs. And he's killing I'm like, if I had that kind of, I'm going to start promoting yeah. my podcast on yeah. his video because he's he absolutely should, killing it. I don't know what his secret is. And he do puts no effort in. He could care less. He's just like, check us out. 10,000 views. I'm like, oh, I've got 150 views on one part. YouTube is my kryptonite. It just, yeah. it doesn't work for me. YouTube, the algorithm doesn't like me. I don't think YouTube likes me. And it just, it just doesn't work for me. I don't know. 
damn, dude, that, yeah, man, I just uh, let Ryder do whatever he's doing, man, and just uh, that's just what I'm saying. Figure, just trying to figure out a way to like keep you know keep it on all on one page or whatever, monetize that, and you well, know, I keep trying. I'm like, dude, quit changing your name. Yeah. You're, you're killing yourself here. Come on. Yeah. And he uh he just doesn't seem to care. All right. We're talking about ninja movies. And I'm gonna be honest with you. I had to look up uh the names of a couple movies I no longer remembered. Uh so I went to this little site on Google here. Uh the best 80s ninja movies. Can you see that? I can pop see up on good deal. Yeah. Okay. Um just going to go through a couple of these, you know, really first off, first and foremost, American Ninja. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say that's the first Ninja movie I ever seen. I can remember the first movie I ever seen with a ninja in it. The first movie I ever seen with a ninja in it was the octagon. Oh, fuck yes. Octagon was, was a great movie. Such a good movie. I was thinking and, about that earlier. Yeah. Then, I tried to watch that on Amazon and they, they freaking they took it off. It's like you gotta you gotta rent it now. I found um let me swap this real quick. I'll show you this. I got on Amazon and ordered this. Oh yeah. It is a horrible cover, paper cover, um <laughs> cheaply printed. But it is the only place I could really find the physical copy at the time yeah. I ordered this. And it's a pretty good copy. It's got some bonus features. It's got a making of documentary. Um, I mean, I enjoyed it. But Octagon, one of my favorite, definitely one of my favorite ninja movies. Yeah. And, you know, there's some that until I really looked at, um, until I really looked at this list, I had a hard time remembering like blind fury blind fury is not necessary. do you remember that the blind guy with the sticks the guy that trained your devil no um he blind fury no i don't remember that movie it's a, no. I, I barely remember the movie so i seen it and i knew the movie i'm definitely going to, have to go back and watch it i remember it being a little corny obviously the american ninja movies that's probably where i got to know these movies the best yeah but um, like Stick was Stick was Daredevil's mentor, and he was blind. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. You know, Daredevil has that ninja vibe. Yeah. You know, he really does. You've got the mask, and, and that's a very important element of the whole ninja thing is the costume. And I can remember many times when I was trying to get together some little film that we were trying to work on, or even like we were just goofing around, you know, trying to make the ninja mask and make when i got my first black karate uniform which we weren't allowed to wear at shane's but i could wear around the house and i took and got a ski mask and i wore a ski mask forever but it wasn't until i seen it might have been it was one of the it was one of the the oriental movies one of the import movies chinese movies which is odd because chinese cinema made a lot of ninja movies i think a lot of people automatically assume that's of chinese descent and it's not you know it's of japanese descent yeah, but yeah. i noticed it was a two-piece mask in a lot of those more traditional movies the bottom yeah. piece and then the top once yeah. i figured that out anything that was silky and black that was in 
yeah. anybody's closet. My mom's, my grandma's, my brother's was getting cut up and getting made into a ninja mask. So <laughs> I always had me a good ninja uniform going. And uh, I can remember one time, it's me and you and the Marsha girl that lived out back, rented off my grandfather, uh, who's a great musician now, makes really? some great music. Um, it's sad, but it's because she goes by different. So is Master Shane's daughter, Brittany. Unbelievable musician, writing some really good music. She's charted, I think, on iTunes. She's in a ton of these country music publications and stuff as a rising star. Uh, but the problem really? is I never can remember the num- the last names these people sing by. But me uh, and you, Marsha and my brother and a couple, you know, younger kids, because I didn't have a lot of other kids my age besides you. I can remember just like stockpiling these clothes and these ninja suits so that we could yeah. make this epic ninja movie that we never got around to making, but we shot some good pieces for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I remember, well, I remember going, yeah, like you could get ninja outfits back then. They were, they were kind of, I guess a little easier to come by. I remember going as like a ninja for Halloween and stuff a couple times. And, well, it was a huge, that was a huge costume for a lot of years yeah. because Ninja stuff had infested, you know, popular culture at that point in time. It was in so many movies. Yeah. Do you, do you remember? Do you remember the magazine that we used to go through that we got all the like the gadgets out of, yes. like like the claws and the grappling hook and and whatnot. I had a set of claws until up until maybe I want to say eight years ago yeah and somebody broke in and robbed me and took those but yeah. you know the the claws and i can make them weapons oh man the the number of weapons we made and a lot of times yeah. i went more traditional chinese weapons on those just because i was really obsessed with kung fu too and had some cool looking yeah. weapons but i remember just going through those magazines and I want this I want this do you remember a boy we went to school with he was in my fourth grade class his name was Randy. He passed away. Um, yeah. yeah, I remember. We were sitting in, in Miss Richardson's fourth grade class, and he sat behind me, and he pecked on my shoulder, and I turned around, and under his shirt, he pulled his shirt down, and he, he pulled up under his shirt and showed me this black material under his shirt, and then he reached in his pocket and pulled out his mask, and he had actually wore his ninja outfit <laughs> to school in fourth grade and had it on under his clothes, and I thought that was the greatest thing ever. You know, I mean, I was I was mesmerized. I was like, this dude's a ninja. He's obviously a ninja because he has yeah. a legit, because his, his costume was legit, and yeah. I can remember going to the flea market, and they had a nice, like, a legitimate ninja costume, boots and all, and I was like, you know, the little footies, and I was like, I got to have that. And I want to say back, even back then, and this is maybe 90, 91 at the latest, probably closer to 89. I want to say that thing was like 50, 60 bucks back then. You know, that's a hard sale. You know, I yeah. mean, back then yeah. that would buy a lot. That was, that was a hard oh, yeah. sale. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, I got, uh, oh, when I, one time I went to, uh, one time I went to New York uh, I got uh, I got a Highlander sword. I got uh, I think Connor Connor McLeod sword, and it was like uh, I remember these magazines used to have them like when we were kids in high school, and the Highlander swords. I always wanted Highlanders. I always wanted 
ducking the plows sort of still haven't gotten it yet but i always wanted it and even in those magazines it was like four hundred dollars or five hundred dollars back in the freaking 90s i mean it was you know that was that's a lot of money now that was a hell of a lot of money back then you had moved off by this point and i think i've got a picture i'll go through tonight and i think i've got a picture of it sitting behind my daughter on when she was really young in her room but probably 2001 i found the connor set um the long sword yeah. uh and the short sword together and bought it on in mount sterling like you pull off there and there's a gas station it's got um couple different restaurants in it there right past that was a like a pawn shop or something and i went in i was with my stepmom i was moving back from winchester um i was moving back and moving down here with rachel from winchester and uh, actually i guess that was 2000 no 2001 and i went in and there it was and I was, my stepmom was like look you're gonna have to loan me some cash i gotta buy this and there's a, and i kept that for years and i had a fairly big sword collection when we got married yeah. but you know, with young kids, which my daughter never goofed with nothing. It would have been safe to keep them. I'm glad I got rid of them before my son come along because he would have done stabbed every cat and dog in the house. <laughs> but, you know, that was a big get, you know, and, and yeah. as an adult now, like, I'd love to have that back. I think they cleaned me out on that when they robbed me, too. Uh, I had yeah. all them put away. My I favorite remember. thing when we were younger, you had the claws, but and you had Rambo's Bowie knife. I remember that. Because, again, I was a bad child. I, I was not responsible enough to have these things. So you had all the cool things. And then between the two of us, you had the first set of size. Yeah. I remember that because when I'd hurt my back, I'd had to take some time off from training. And you kept going. And you got up to a psychotic before I did and got the size. And I thought that. I was like, that's legit. He's <laughs> got some size. It's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. I love those sides, yeah, because Raphael was always my favorite turtle, you know. And oh, like finally get to learn the side of it, you know. Raph's like the best. And right there yeah. is a prime example of kind of ninjas being in, you know, the the zeitgeist of that time. Yeah. Here you've got a kid show, which I know, and you're definitely a comic book expert. And I, I'll be honest with you, what little bit of comics I know, I either learned from you or you got me interested enough to know about it later and learn about it later. But as far as the Ninja Turtles go comic book wise, I didn't know kind of the darker side of that comic. I didn't really know anything about it. I just got to see this commercial side of the cartoon and the movie. And here you're taking paid assassins. That's another thing I was admiring these people who were really bad people. They were horrible. You know, they were they they had no morals. They'd kill any way possible. But they were my heroes. And uh, but, you know, you take something like the Ninja Turtles, it takes it, commercializes it and sells it to kids. And when you're ranking you know, ninja movies and as far as importance and stuff go, first there's that Ninja Turtles cartoon, and then, you know, I guess you could count the third movie, but definitely the first two movies, they were good movies. They were made really cheap. They made a good profit, and like they brought that even more to the forefront and kind of put a different look on ninjas. But they were a big part of that ninja culture, and kind of, you know, not only were they definitely pushing the turtles towards kids but you know i look back and watch like american ninja it's corny i love it but they had to think kids were going to watch that because i could imagine a lot of adults falling for that i mean i don't i don't know but i believed i believed everything in it was possible you know but the, yeah. the ninja turtles definitely i loved them right off as soon as i seen them because i already had this affinity for martial arts movies and for ninjas in particular yeah yeah i mean i'm 
Ninja Turtles were like huge for me when I was a kid and getting all the action figures and everything. And uh, I never actually, you know, my introduction to them was probably the cartoon and the action figures and the little comics came in it. But the actual comics, like you were saying, you're alluding to with um, the dark, you know, sort of mature subject or whatever, like the, the original comic books that Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird did were were pretty, you know, they weren't really for kids, you know, they were pretty mature and whatever. And and so when that cartoon came along and it, it's what hooked me into it, it was it was more for kids. And then when the movie came along, it was the it that movie was man, I, I don't know. I got movies like uh, pivotal for me, I think, in terms of just my life, really, it, or especially my artistic development or whatever. It was, um, I mean, looking at it now, yeah, you can see yeah, they're all their they're, they're silly suits or whatever, and you can see the, the actor's eyes behind them and whatever. But when I was a kid, you know, when that came out, that was like, they're fucking real, finally, you know. Well, that, they're really that's real. Like I thought, and, and even now, look, because people get really critical, and it's easy to look back now, and I mean, they can CGI anything. Yeah. But I've watched those movies with my son. He really liked part two, you know, just bits and pieces. He's not a movie guy. He don't like to sit and watch whole movies, especially when he was younger. He would get hooked on certain scenes, which is heartbreaking for me because I'm a huge movie buff. But, you know, I look back at them now. I think they're really well made. I think the suits are yeah. really well made, and they tell a, a really good story, you know, they the do. part when they don't have Splinter and they're at the farmhouse yeah. and stuff like, yeah, I don't know. Like I could, it, it, you get a real emotional connection to those characters. I thought Casey Jones was great in those I movies. I love Casey Jones. He was like, it, as far as a non-turtle, he was definitely one of my favorite yeah. characters. Uh, but even the, you know, the remake they done a couple years back, we went and seen it. Um, seen part one at the house. Seen part two at the drive-in. I mean, like, if I was a younger kid, it might would be different, but that's just part of nostalgia. Like, I want the yeah. old Turtles. You know what yeah, I mean? I, did, I didn't like the new Turtles movies at all. I just uh, I didn't either, and I didn't like the new Transformer movies. Like, I, I didn't think they were well, awful. They just weren't my thing. I loved, I loved the first one. I didn't like the second one. I loved the third one. The fourth one was... Uh, the fourth one, the fourth one killed me. It, I quit on the fourth one and never saw the fifth one. But I did sort of enjoy Bumblebee. I watched it. I liked it. All right. I need to check it out. I've not watched it. I just bought the original cartoon. The, it was 84, 85 cartoon yeah. on Blu-ray uh, yesterday. Actually, on the way home, found it on Blu-ray. Yeah, I, mean, I think that the, 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 the animated movie, Transformers the movie, was 86, I think. That's yeah. That's probably closer to right. I'm bad and, with dates. Uh, I'm lucky to remember my birthday. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean there. But <laughs> it, it's like I, I just I'm thinking that's like the first movie I ever saw in the theaters. That's awesome. I did not get to see it. I, I, uh, it I may either, have. You'll have yeah. to come back on when we do the Chuck Norris episode because oh, I know you're big into Chuck, Chuck Norris, Norris movies. And I, I have I have a collectible from. Uh, um, Fugit Cinema. I have an original yeah. uh, Missing in Action poster from uh, awesome. so Missing in Action 2 from uh, from Fugit Cinema. They saved I bought a bunch of those posters, actually. Uh, 
So, on the topic of ninjas, all right, you know, like I said, Octagon's the first place I remember seeing a ninja. But, and, you know, I could have seen one anywhere and just not remember it. But as what pops up in my head, that's generally what pops up as the first thing. You know, like martial arts movie, I remember the first martial arts movie that I seen and, and enjoyed enough to remember was a, a movie from the 70s called uh, They Call Me Bruce. It was a comedy I loved it. I watched it with my dad. And then when I got into ninja movies, in martial, when I got into martial arts movies in general, I was drawn to the ninja movies. Can you recall maybe that first ninja movie that you watched and, you know, enjoyed? I, um, the very first one, I'm not really sure. Um, it may have been, it may have been Octagon. I, I remember watching um these old these old old ninja movies that like uh were sub you know dubbed or whatever and with some of my cousins and i can't remember the names of any of them but I, that's like my first that's you know i got into those a lot even a lot more recently got into those i really enjoy yeah. those i'm gonna play a little something for everybody and to me um I guess when I think, you know, ninja movies as a whole, as what comes to mind most, uh, there's one group of movies, uh, one collection, one series. And of that, uh, there's one movie in particular that uh, definitely is top of my list. And I'm going to let you guys see the theatrical trailer for this. And it's a canon film. Can you see that popped up on your screen? Yeah. yeah I told you, I could do a whole series on canon movies. Uh, oh, yeah. They're, they're one of my favorite. That's where you get your Delta Forces and oh, yeah, all these. Man, but like uh, here's Interval to childhood. Oh, no doubt. He has been taught the mystic arts of war. Say. I can remember spending a lot of time practicing those hand movements. <laughs> <laughs> trying to learn that and then pause perfectly on the size that's why i was so jealous when you get the size mm -hmm. the sound on your end mm -hmm. that's good that means the people listening are getting the sound i'm not good at this people i'm i'm still fairly new he has mastered a thousand years of secrets he has learned the way of the ninja <laughs> Now, a soldier on a suicide mission. They have been sent to paradise. Excuse me, ma'am. Oh, I always thought Jackson was so funny, too. A conspiracy that threatens the entire world. I always wondered if he was like a, an inspiration for Jackson in Mortal Kombat. You know, that's a really good point. I never thought about that. Like, he really, it, this is one of those few movies, like, the the supporting you know kind of action star was just as entertaining and just as bad as like i would have believed easily okay if michael dudikoff if joe armstrong gets took out you know jackson could still possibly come in to save today and he does in a lot of respects yeah. Yeah. i said who the lion who's the lion he's a millionaire he made his money on drugs he's doing research the super ninja right there that i can remember and it's amazing what I can remember in from my childhood, but I can remember the first time I seen, I want to say it's part four 
because part three was just Jackson and the other guy, the guy that done part five and part three. Part four was uh, Joe Armstrong and the other dude. I never can remember his name. But that's when they're, they go over and they find Tonto, the little guy that helps them, uh, and they go up to this big mountaintop place. And, you know, when I seen American Ninja 2, I, w- I, I went to Video Solution with my stepdad at the time, rented it, and – want to say Rambo that night Rambo part two first blood part two and watched American Ninja 2 and that got me looking for them and I got those from video solution but movies and munches had American Ninja uh, four and that's the one they're up on top of the mountain they've got all the different colors they've got the blue ninja and the yellow ninja and I don't know if you remember this or not but me and you sat in my grandpa's living room the second time I rented that movie uh and watch that and because i wanted to show you all the different colored because i i mean for years after seeing that i had because i'd seen this years before that i thought this was the greatest thing ever and this got it here because i've never seen a ninja that wasn't in a black uniform i seen these red ninjas i was like that's really cool but it's he's funny how easily i'm amused but once i got to see all the multicolored ninjas it's like a rainbow of ninjas i was endlessly obsessed with that yeah i do remember that yeah. Let's see. Let's let the fans finish up the, the video ultimate here. fighting machine. Like a predatory tiger. You will feel no pain. Miracles. And no no emotion but hate. It's ninja. I thought that dude was probably of all of the American ninja series, probably the best kind of like main ninja villain. Like he seemed to be a little bit better actor. Seemed to be a little better. Look at the dudes in the back, Don, the gray jumpsuits. Yeah. <laughs> that was not intimidating. <laughs> like, oh. The extra pool had to be really small because they had to have <laughs> a lot of ninjas. But this dude back yeah. to the right back here, even with the gun, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm afraid of that dude. Does he have a gun? Yeah, he's got a, the dude in the gray jumpsuit uh, back to the, yeah, the, the all the all the dudes in that were non-ninjas in this movie back to guns. Yeah. Uh and, and this is kind of like that's the one thing about the American Ninja movies. A lot of them, unless it's a, a bow and arrow or uh, a throwing star, it's basically a live action GI Joe. Nobody ever hits anybody with a bullet. It just don't. It don't happen. Yeah. Against Ninja. Tommy, it's ours. Together, they must destroy the most powerful criminal empire the world has ever known. He must defeat the most lethal assassin alive. And they must not fail. Michael Dudikoff returns as the American Ninja with Steve James in American Ninja 2, The Confrontation. I also like on these movies how the the title, you know, it's always something really the annihilation, the confrontation. (laughs) You know, looking back, I don't, but I, I can say, not only do I watch these movies, I watched, it's hard, I don't think there's an American release uh, on DVD for all these movies. The only, I have a burnt copy, I have an illegal copy of one, two, and four. Three and five, I I can't find. Now, I have, I still have uh, American Ninja 2 on VHS, uh, and, and those are hard to find. It's hard to find those. But I sat down and went through what I had already once this year. And it's, you know, occasionally 
because they're not always available. Occasionally you can find them on Amazon or somewhere like that streaming, but I don't believe I've ever seen five streaming anywhere, which doesn't really break my heart. I'd like to have it just for the nostalgia factor, but it's not great. And that's saying a lot, <laughs> but uh, in part, part three blood hunt is okay. It's kind of like an under siege style movie. I think with a boat, it's hard for me to remember. I don't really remember that one, but one, two, and and four i wore out as a kid and that to me when i think ninja movies 100 percent, i go to american ninja yeah yeah man that was real. i love those yeah and that was my goal when we were younger try to make movies i just wanted to make a new actually the when we were out on the porch at your house at time working out the fight scene uh we uh that was my ideal. I think I was calling it American Ninja, whatever. And I, you know, I, that was my whole whole goal behind that movie was try to to remake an American Ninja movie. And uh, it, you know, <laughs> that, that really was kind of like that and being a stunt man. I don't know how I made it through uh, through being younger. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, those were you know, I mean, the American Ninja movies were were, were cool. I mean, they. Were, Love those movies like uh, uh, I remember. Um, I mean, it's not nearly an ninja movie, it's a little, but you know, I remember we were like super hyped, you know, when Rumble in the Bronx was coming out. I remember uh, that. I found that the other day on VHS. With yeah. you remember the end part with uh, all the outtakes of him doing the stunts? Yeah, how many injuries did that result in from yeah. me thinking I can be a stuntman? Yeah. Do you remember when I went and got all the boxes and stacked them up behind the outbuilding in my grandpa's house and jumped off the roof into the boxes? They make that look so easy. There's a public announcement for any kid out there who thinks that's a good idea to try. Those boxes have sharp edges. And I would say the peak of that roof, which I ended up not jumping off the peak because I chickened out a little bit, but I come down a little bit further. I'm still a good 12, 15 feet off the ground. And then I had maybe what four, five foot of boxes under me. If I had landed any other way than lucked out and landed on my hip, I probably would have got hurt, but it beat me to death. And I have an an unbelievable amount of respect for those stunt yeah. guys that do that stuff. And Rumble yeah, in the Box is. is one of those movies that's a prime example of that. Yeah. I remember we were filming. There was a part, and I even, I guess it's a testament to how much I thought about it when I was younger, because, you know, I always say that that's in the first couple episodes of Talk Junkie, the other podcast, and in the first couple videos on my YouTube channel, the Talk Junkie YouTube channel, I do a video about, you know, what I want to be when I grow up, you know, and I can remember as a kid, like I meet people all the time, but man, that's all I ever wanted to do when I grew up is I wanted to do this or I wanted to do that, you know, and you always had a skill, like you were a really good artist and you were really creative. And like, I can remember making the cartoons on the Batman program he had on oh, PC. I love like, that thing, yeah. You were so creative with that stuff. And I never really had this skill or this talent when I was younger. And I often think that maybe it's because I never could, it could be the ADD, but I never could focus on just one thing. Cause like, and I think every kid does to a certain degree, but like, it was every other day. I wanted to be this. I wanted to be that. You know, I wanted to be a ninja. I wanted to be a cowboy. I wanted to be a cop. I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be this. 
And I was constantly changing, but there was a point there growing up to where martial artist and stuntman and movie acting was it. And I was so obsessed with it. And I can remember I watched the part from American Ninja 2 where the ninja pulls itself up the back of the car, gets on the back or the back of that truck, gets on the back of that truck and, you know, tries to fight. Actually, I'm going to say that's probably part one I'm thinking of, but I can remember seeing that part and I was like, I want a truck stunt. I want something like that. And again, kids, don't try this at home. I was driving back and forth between my house and Lance's house, which it's not a quarter mile apart uh, in a stick shift Azuzu pickup truck at about 12. Uh, so I had free access to this pickup at any time uh, because my grandfather, uh, he, he got to watch me a lot. And then uh, he was fine with me kind of just pursuing my passions. So I get this idea. Okay. Good guy will be in the truck. The truck will be sitting in front of this porch at the edge of the, the apartment on the back of the store back there. The one I used to ride bikes in and goof in all the time. And I had Marsha, the girl there. And I was like, all right, I'm going to put the camera here. And you people got to realize this was dedication because I did end up getting the color video camera, but just like a regular video camera. But by that point, I was quite a bit older and kind of out of that phase, but I got this taco camera and the only way it worked is you ran RCA cables from the taco camera to a VCR and hit record on a tape. That's the only way you could get record. So what I would do is set the VCR up on the roof. I set the taco camera up on the roof. I run an extension cord up and I had my brother hit record because you don't even know if you're getting it for one. You, you just have to hope that it's recording and it's showing what you want it to show. Put Marsha in the truck. She can't drive. You know, that little girl, I, I don't know, maybe I was 11 at this point. So I guess she was nine. You know, I, I have no clue. But the idea was my brother had to go down the building and be down off the ladder by the time I got down there. And then I was going to fight him and fight Marsha. You know, again, I'm a kid. But this sounds like, you know, this is Steven Spielberg stuff to me. I'm on the roof. I climb up on the roof. And what I'm going to do is jump down into the back of the truck and then kind of go over and swing myself through the passenger side window. Okay. He hits record at this point. If I say anything other than what I'm saying, because I've already said in the house, everything I have recorded up to that point, hit pause because there's no editing. I mean, you can with two tapes. I've done it. But this way, I go right from that scene to this scene. It's right where I want to be. So as soon as he hits record, if I don't say and do exactly what I'm going to do, I have to go back in the house, rewind it, pause it, come back out and record again. So it's about the time he hit record that I look down and go, it's a pretty good jump off of this roof into the back of this truck. You know, I'm so I'm like, but I'm committed because it's hit record and I jump. And my only concern from the jumps because I've damaged my ankles. Even at that time at 11 and 12, I goofed my ankles so many times I had weak ankles. I'm like, I'm going to sprain an ankle, but, you know, Jackie Chan would do it. You know, I probably wouldn't think of that at the time, but I jump. And I guess I'm so focused on doing that, that when I hit, I kind of give a little bit and let my face come right down into the cab of the truck. It busts my lip. I fall back and shake it off and run and jump and get through the window 
And I'm like, okay, I'm hurting. This is far enough. I'll go up and hit stop. Then I record it back and record from there. When you when we went back to watch the video, all it shows is the top of my head. And then the top of my head's gone. <laughs> it missed the jump and it's everything. But that was the problems of, you know, guerrilla filmmaking with a taco video camera. But all that was the result of, you know, seeing movies with guys like Jackie Chan in it and seeing movies like American Ninja and wanting to add that flavor to it. You know, it just, yeah. it was my goal in life was to do this stuff, you know. Yeah, I remember, uh, I, I remember. I remember we worked on some stuff with that with that truck. I remember driving that one when you was crawling around along for something. Oh, um, we did, and and we didn't even have the camera. That that was the thing. A lot of times we didn't even have the camera. Uh, we because when I first started wanting to make the ninja movies, and you know you would indulge me and do them. Uh, we even, you were a big Bond fan. You remember making the Bond film? Yeah. <laughs> we did yeah. that in my grandpa in my grandpa's house. I remember doing that. <laughs> Um, but you know, I can remember all the time I was thinking of this stuff and there was once, I want to say we were up here where I'm living now before there were any houses up here. I know I jumped that truck up here over that big jump and got it stuck. Cause my uncle Ty had to come get it out. <laughs> it was just kind of teetering, but there was one where I wanted to climb from the front of the grill up onto the hood and then come around into the window. And, and I can remember working that stunt over and over and over again. And if anybody else was in the driver's seat and it was moving, it was probably you because I knew better than to trust my brother. He probably would have tried to run me over. And I probably deserved it because I was pretty abusive. I was older and bigger then. He's bigger now. Yeah. Uh, but it, that, you know, that obsession and it, it really all come from martial arts movies. Like as big a movie fan as I am, the desire to make movies at that time came from martial arts. Yeah. You know, like I would still love to make films right now, but to be honest with you, if I was making a film right now, it'd probably be a documentary. Like I would yeah. love to be a documentary filmmaker. Wouldn't mind to be a ninja still. I mean, if, you know, if they're thinking of casting any new ninja movies, I am available. Yeah. Uh, the body don't work like it used to, but you know. Now, if I was in a ninja movie now, it'd be like a remake of Beverly Hills Ninja. I don't know what's the Not far from that. But, you know, that's another movie that, well, first I've seen about anything, Chris Farley, but just the yeah. idea of it being a ninja movie. Yeah. And, you know, it it's amazing how something like that can, because, you know, looking back, like we had GI Joes, we had Transformers, we had all these great toy lines, but minus the foot soldiers from uh, Ninja Turtles, like there weren't a whole lot of ninja action figures. I don't know that I ever owned any as obsessed as I was with ninjas other than the Ninja Turtle action figures. So when I first found um, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow, this is what it is, right? Storm Shadow? When I first found them, especially Snake Eyes, like I can remember. Do you remember? Um, I know you remember Joey Bailey, but the dude that hung out with him all the time, BJ. Yeah. BJ was obsessed with Ninja Turtles, and BJ had a Snake Eyes figure. And I think I ended up trading a Foot Soldier and maybe my brother's uh, Casey Jones to a Snake Eyes just so I could start assembling <laughs> ninjas. And I can remember like every yard sale, everywhere I went at that age, you know, 
because that was still a really new toy. You know, G.I. Joe was still a really big thing out. Yeah. And I would go to Walmart and buy like kind of like the Walmart brand, like with the planes and all that stuff. And I found this pack. And like nowadays they're called Corpse or something like that. I only know because I my daughter never played with toys and I tried. My son does not play with toys and I tried. But when he was really little, he didn't have a choice to play with toys because I would buy them and play with him. And I could buy these Corpse. They're basically like, the cheap, cheap version of G.I. Joe's. Well, there was a version of that back then. I found one pack had like five basically snake guys in it, just ninja-looking special yeah. ops dudes. And that was my, you know, and I would stage a lot. Like a lot of the stuff I'd plan out for these grand movies I was going to make that never got made, you know, I would do through those toys. But that was always amazing to me that, though, you know, that's not something, like you said, costume-wise for Halloween and stuff, it was big. Obviously, movie-wise, it was big, but it it never made it into that toy market. And I always thought that was kind of weird. But now, yeah. Bennett, you're the, the comic book guy. Do you remember, you know, as a younger guy, seeing that kind of infiltrate into the pages of comics? Did you see a lot of, a lot of stuff in the way of, uh, of ninjas and stuff in the comics? Well, yeah, I mean, there, there are a bunch of ninja comics, um, you know, like you know, Daredevil, they they have him fighting ninjas all the time. Uh, Wolverine fighting ninjas sometimes. Uh, I remember, uh, you know, GI Joe comics with Snake Eyes. That that was like my my thing was like Snake Eyes. That was, was really cool. He's one of my favorite characters. I remember, I remember like those. Uh, taking like some you know those gi joe comics and uh like larry you know my neighbor larry yeah and like i'd tell them you know like they're all oh, they're saying they use these these bullets you know and larry was in vietnam and he and then he would tell me about the the kinds of weapons and stuff that they had in vietnam larry you know, is such a good dude oh yeah he is amazing guy my, he, he is. is my wife absolutely loves he was you know until he got ill he he was on the fire department with us down there and we'd have all these fire department dinners and stuff and, and he would always be and my wife has been crazy about him since the first time she met him he is just a sweet dude he is uh you know with with me i, I was big on that gi joe cartoon and, and really never thought about it until we had that conversation just now about how big of an impact snake eyes had on that. I mean, I thought of it in regards to what toys and stuff I played with, but you know, when I look mainstream, you know, for ninja movies or at least even ninjas being referenced mainstream in a movie, like it seems like anytime they are, it is something like Beverly Hills Ninja. Like it is kind of the joke side or the corny side of it. And it never made it over into that, that, mainstream appeal to a lot of people as far as you know because the canon movies were for the most part b movies you know and i know american ninja 2 got a theatrical release i assume american ninja 1 did i don't know if any of the rest of them did or not and i mean there's been some bad movies got theatrical releases and back then it was probably a little easier to get a, a theatrical release but you kind of got that cheesier movie out of that and <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever seen this movie, but I, I'm, I'm going to show a, a trailer to one of my favorite ninja movies of all time. And I watched this a lot when I was younger. 
and thought it was one of the better ninja movies I'd seen. And then kind of the older I got, the more I liked it for its B-level everything. Story, acting, everything is definitely B, sometimes possibly C-level. And uh, it, it's one of those things that I, it, I guess, you know, some people put it down as a guilty pleasure. And I, I need to go over some of that right now because if I don't, I will forget. I had a poll up and some stuff up on Facebook and let some people kind of give their recommendations. Um, I don't know which name to call him by because most of the people that podcast, I'm one of the few people that use a real name because I'm dumb. Um, <laughs> let's call him Elliot Spooky from the Spooky family. Uh, it, I asked the question, uh, you know, kind of what's your favorite 80s, 90s um, martial arts ninja movie? And uh, uh, Elliot come up with The Last Dragon. And uh, I can remember watching that and really loved that movie uh, growing up. Uh, Brad from over at um, Raven Television Attic come up with Three Ninjas. I don't know. Do you remember the Three Ninja movies? My stepbrother yeah, yeah, Tad yeah. was obsessed with a Rocky Tum Tum Coat. <laughs> yes. They're not, I, I mean, them. yeah, I do too. Like, they're not bad movies. I tried to get my son to watch them like a year or so then. He wouldn't watch it, but my, my little cousin pressed and sat down and and went through most of that movie, so yeah. that's a good pick, Brad. I, I remember, I remember going to see those in the theaters with my mom, and she's like, "Oh, it's ridiculous! The kids can't beat up adults or whatever," and it just made me like them that much more. Well, Rocky, Colton, Tom, Tom can. I can tell you yeah. that. Yeah. Even after they had been out quite a while, because my my stepbrother Tad was a lot younger than me. Every weekend. And, you know, this is just a testament to the culture that we lived in at the time. Every weekend was movie store weekend. And me, my brother, my stepbrother, and my stepsister, if I was home that weekend, if I wasn't at your house, wasn't at your house or Eric's house, which generally I was at one of those two places, but we would go and rent movies, you know, we usually get a game. Um, yes. At the time that this was going on, it was probably a Nintendo 64 game. Uh, yeah. And we would rent a gnome named Norm for my stepsister Moo, and we would rent uh, either one of the three ninja movies, Knuckle Up, Kick Back, whatever, one of those for my stepbrother Tad. And at this point, like I said, I'm getting a little older. Still a good possibility I rented a ninja movie. <laughs> it's still <laughs> highly possible because back then it was hard to get your hands on VHS. And I would love to have the VHS collection that I lost in in moving out of the house and just being like i throw them away you know i'll get them back yeah, yeah. and don't have them back now i've got a decent collection now but nothing like i had but you know we would rent that and i i always as you know even being older and burn out on those movies i would sit and watch the three ninja movies with my stepbrother every time he rented them because i thought they were great you know they're yeah. fun they're not overly serious and i enjoyed them Brad also recommends American Ninja 2. And I think um, the podcast is new to everybody. So you've probably not got a chance to hear the first episode. In the first episode, we talked horror movies. And I recommended a movie after I got done with the Spooky Family. And what I do in every episode is I try to sit down and figure out one movie. Uh, not necessarily my favorite movie. Not necessarily the best movie. But the movie that I think... You know, if you're talking action, what's the best maybe entry-level movie or the mo the movie that kind of best brings you into that? Last week, we talked horror, and I think Scream is the best horror movie for that because 
kind of, you know, you've got Jamie Kennedy's character. He lays out the rules. It's really well written, really well shot, good acting, good script. So I thought it was a great, and that was my pick. And so, I, you know, after the episode, I made a video and, and of the pick and kind of explained it. And I'll do the same thing tonight. Actually, um, a little peek behind the curtain. I've already made that video uh, because I'm in a time crunch this weekend. But the movie I picked was American Ninja 2. And, and Brad from uh, Raven Television Addict recommended that one. But the goose from over at Here to Chew Bubblegum. And that's a podcast I think you would like. Um, it's a really good podcast. I can't say enough about it. Really think you would like Spooky Family too. Like they're well done, well put together. They're nothing like this amateur shit show that you're listening to right now, but they're they're good and they're really entertaining. And those guys deliver every week. And if I don't fix my microphone, I see Goose is really good at what he does. And he's a professional. He's got a real studio and I'll go record with him all the time. He doesn't like you touching mics. So when I'm here on my own, I touch the crap out of mics. Um, but I'm going to recommend a bunch of podcasts before I get off here tonight. Uh, I just want to mention those two in particular right off. Well, I want to mention Seth's Daily Podcast, and I want to mention Paranormal Trucker, four great podcasts. Uh, but Goose says, Ninja 3, The Domination. You may not remember this by name. You may not remember it all. But if you've ever seen it, when I show you this, uh, this trailer, you'll definitely remember it. It's one that Looking back, I don't know how I was so obsessed with it, but I was. And it's not that it's a, I mean, come on, if we're being serious, none of these movies are, you know, anything to really, they're not, they're not winning an Oscar. You know what I mean? But this one got out there in a, in a really weird way. It was, uh, it was a different movie for sure. And it was a little more on the magical side and things of that nature, but Let's let everybody check this out real quick. Again, another canon movie, so. He is the most feared and powerful warrior. A ninja who breaks from ancient tradition and explodes onto America. What you're seeing right here is kind of really the very first of this movie. Uh, is what's kind of showing in the trailer. So it kind of, this tra I've never seen this trailer. As many times I've seen the movie. I just found this for watching. I didn't watch it. But uh, a lot of this right here at the beginning is literally the very, how the, the movie opens up. His soul possesses the body of an innocent woman and transforms her into a lethal assassin. struggle of superhuman strength and supernatural forces. Ninja 3, The Domination. 
Now, I don't know if you ever actually saw that movie because that's one of those that definitely didn't make the rounds. Like it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a super popular, but I like that series of movies in part two, the, the part before that, uh, uh, Ninja, the revenge, I think is, is a, is a really good movie, but domination is a very campy, like it's, you know, woman's soul gets possessed by a dead ninja through a sword. I mean, you know, there's some magic stuff in there. One thing I will say about it, though, I think the martial arts choreography and, and some of the fight scenes are a little better than a lot of the other ones. Because I noticed with a lot of the American ninjas, it almost seems like once they've went through so many ninjas fighting and they went through a lot of the big stunt guys, they start getting down to maybe some extras that they talk to throw a couple of punches and they start getting a little loose. A lot of the fight scenes in that are really good. And that lady does a really good job. You know, I don't know. I assume it's not her in the ninja costume. I don't know. But but even out of the ninja costume, she's it's not bad. But it's... It's a different movie. It's sci-fi slash ninja, but that next to American Ninja, that that group of movies is definitely and they're daylight and dark. Like they're it says it takes off right with the other and left. I don't remember those movies having a real uh, smooth transition from you know one, two, and three. They they seemed a little bit out there, but great set of movies. And thank you, Goose, for that pick. I, I think that's something definitely worth checking out. Yeah, it looked pretty damn awesome. I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. It was, a, it was a weird movie. It, yeah. it was, but it was something that, I don't know, it was one of the ones that could really caught my attention as I was younger, and I went back and watched, I actually have it on a DVD collection. Uh, I got it at Walmart for like eight bucks, and um, there's a Canon collection out there that I think it has almost the whole Canon library on it. Really? And if I'm not mistaken, it isn't uh, Masters of the Universe? I think yeah. that was a canon film. I'm pretty sure it was. I think it was. Uh, but it, it, it has a, a lot of those. And that's another thing. Like, I, I'd like to get you on an episode of, and it would be right up your alley, um, yeah. I, is is some comic book movies. And, I mean, obviously, like, what they're yeah. making today is amazing. But, you know, I'm a Howard the Duck, Masters of the Universe guy. Yeah, yeah Masters of the those. Universe is like, uh, like that's, that's – thing i can't remember if transformers was the first movie i saw in theaters or if it was masters of the universe I remember my uncle taking me to masters of the universe and i you know it was like uh once i got over the fact that it wasn't anything like the cartoon i really enjoyed it that's me like i yeah. i just disassociated the two like yeah. I, I really liked the movie. Um, there's a really good documentary out there on the making yeah. of it. I can't remember where I seen it at, but I don't know. I liked that movie. And well, yeah, yeah, because there was. I remember that documentary they were talking about, like the the director or whatever, when they heard the Dolph Lundgren, like you know, because this was when Dolph Lundgren first started making movies, right? Yeah. And he was, you know, English was the second language to him, third or well, I don't know how many fucking languages that guy speaks. He's, He's a genius. I mean, literally, he he's a, he, he's a, a physicist genius. or something. Yeah. yeah, and but anyway, you know, it's like he, he, his English was wasn't very good at the time, and but he had it in his contract that he could, you know, have a do over and um, dub it in or whatever. And I thought he did. I thought it was amazing, really, how how good he was at that. And, and also, if there's a um, there's there's like a deleted scene. In his Punisher movie, if you ever get a chance to watch it, it's he's in the, I don't know it's it's in, it's in the subway and he's 
run down this kid or, or whatever that's about to I don't know I can't remember exactly but I just remember like watching that and I'm thinking like damn his his American accent's really freaking good here you know it was like it was like a really good acting thing and they they cut it out and I mean that movie gets maligned a lot because it's it is what it is but I you know I enjoyed it I didn't I didn't hate the Punisher I, I liked his yeah. version of the Punisher I remember it was on you know, autoplay, I think, on PBS for a long yeah. time when we were younger. And, yeah. you know, and, and that that was another thing about, you know, a lot of those movies is. Yeah, and uh, the, um, you know, Randy, you were talking about earlier, he, he was really a big fan of Punisher, and he, he, he was the one that turned me on to that movie. That's, a, I mean, I. I don't get people's like severe hatred for movies. Like, I just went and watched yeah. the new. Halloween. I watched it tonight. Halloween Kills. Okay. Um, bad plot. Uh, bad. I won't say bad plot. Decent plot. Uh, but bad script. Bad acting. A lot of things were bad. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. It it, it was what it was supposed to be. It's supposed to be an '80s slasher type film, and those aren't great. And like, I don't need the departed or i don't need heat or i don't need reservoir dogs every time i sit down and watch a movie like i just need a movie that kept me entertained i liked it i enjoyed all of it but you know i don't see that punisher was really that bad you know maybe it's just those rose colored lenses of of reflecting back on movies but you know and, and you know another thing like my favorite place to watch movies when we were younger was usa up all night yeah um Surf ninjas, surf Nazis must die. Uh, attack of the rotten to, or uh, attack of the killer tomatoes. Yeah, um, um, toxic. Um, toxic Avenger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many. Those trauma pictures were so just out there and good. Like they were weird movies. They weren't good movies in regards of the standards that people consider good movies. But I thought they were good movies. I loved them. Yeah. I got to watch them over and over again. But you were talking about Dolph not knowing um, English, and I know. You and I both share a very big affinity for Highlander. I remember yeah. growing up, I was more the Connor guy. You were more of the Duncan guy. Okay. Uh, we both like both, but I know you yeah. were a big yeah. Duncan guy. And yeah. looking back, Duncan was probably a lot cooler. And I don't know why I didn't see that at the time. <laughs> but you know that when uh, Christopher Lambert, I think it was Christopher Lambert, when he done Connor, he didn't, when he done a Highlander movie, he didn't speak English. They just said the words to him in English, and he repeated them back. Damn, now, I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I heard it on a podcast. Wow. Uh, but it's a good podcast, and it's really trustworthy people. It's called Buzz in the Tower. Um, they do a show pretty similar to this, just they're structured and good at what they do. And, you know, uh, so you should probably listen to that first and then listen to this if you don't have anything else to listen to. But Buzz in the Tower, I think, is where I heard that from. I could be mistaken. But uh, I th- found that fascinating because yeah. I thought he'd done a really good job in that movie. And, too. you know, and, and plus, you know, you got Sean Connery in that movie. You, you, you can't beat that, you know. Yeah, Lancey Brown. I, th- th- you know, you got to come back on here because a lot of times when I do these podcasts, like I love the people I do them. Like I did the one with Spooky Family the other night and it was the same way with them. I could sit and talk to them on and on and on. But, me and you need to do one where we just talk about 
anything and everything from her childhood because my yeah. mind's going a thousand different places right now because there's things I can talk to you about that I can't talk to other people about because yeah. I didn't experience it with them, you know, and uh, it's hard. It's honestly hard for me to stay focused on ninja movies because I'm thinking, yeah, but what about this and what about that? Because yeah. like when we got on Transformers, I yeah. wanted to get, I hit this huge obsession with Transformers toys and I hit it a little late to the point that they really weren't producing a lot of them, but I knew somebody who had an amazing collection of Transformers toys. And I just want to know, do you still have the Optimus Prime? Yeah. Yeah. You want to see it? Yes, I do. All right. All right. I'll see. Ladies and gentlemen, he's going to get Optimus Prime. And I think it makes me happier than anything that this dude moves almost four hours from home. And uh, one of the things he found most important to him to take with him is Optimus Prime, because I would have done the same exact thing. Uh, definitely. You hear that noise that's coming from the microphone. So my cat's trying to get in to get me. Uh, Lance is now looking at his earbuds. He's going to put them back in. Yeah. I was doing play by play while you were gone. Okay. And I was explaining that what makes my heart seriously happy is that you're probably the only person I know besides me that when moving three, four hours from home, one of the things you found important enough to take with you was Optimus Prime because Optimus Prime yeah. would have went with me. Yeah. Oh, that's an OG Optimus too. Kids, look, how is that not still the biggest toy line going? Because I've seen they've got the retro toys in – Walmart is like heaven right now. If you go to Walmart, I mean, the Transformers toys, the G.I. Joes. I seen a Cobra Hiss in Walmart the other day, and I wanted that worse than anything growing up. And, you know, I, I got, like I said, I got whatever the version was, the little four-wheeler from the off-brand. But you always had the coolest toys growing up. Because, one, you took care of them. Because I look back, um, you remember Crystal Nichols? Yeah. Her brother, Scotty. It's quite a bit older than us. And Scotty grew out of his toys and didn't want them any longer. And Brandon Thomas had given me a bunch. But, you know, just random over the years here and there. Scotty's mom, Carolyn, brings me up this box. It was the Ewok Treehouse. A ton of Ewoks. A bunch of Star Wars toys, of which at that time, to be honest with you, I didn't even know what Star Wars was. I knew what it was by high school. Because the first Star Wars I seen, actually seen all the way through, was actually one of the prequels, and I hated it. I was probably <laughs> 18, 19 before I watched A New Hope all the way through, and then got yeah. obsessed with them for a long time, and loved the last three they did, uh, and uh, Rogue One. But um, I got those uh, Star Wars, those Star Wars t toys, you know, imagine what they'd be worth now, which they got burned up in the house, and the house burnt. But still, I got all of his He-Man stuff. But I played hard with them toys. I say, and and I know you played hard with yours too. But I might have been abusive with mine, and so I didn't end up with any of that cool stuff. And like my Nintendo burned up at my house, and I remember we were in you know your little man shed out by your house, which I thought was the coolest thing ever. And you broke out the NES with uh, the Game Genie. And I don't know how many hours we spent on Contra. <laughs> But I have slowly rebuilt. My son has every system ever made. 
uh, from Atari up to uh, well, the only thing he doesn't have is PS3, PS4. We sold our PS4 and the new Xbox. He has everything else. Uh, I mean, talking Dreamcast, um, Super NES, NES, Sega, Genesis. Uh, we no longer have a Sega CD. I forget about that. Uh, but so I've slowly built that back because his addiction is games. Like he's obsessed with games. And even though yeah. he don't play them, he just kind of collects them. I actually have a, one of the mini uh, Ninja Turtles stand-ups, the four-player stand-ups from the arcade. Um, and I, th- I thought that was really oh, cool. When awesome. I seen it, I was like, I've got to have that. Because yeah. I grew up with arcade machines in my room a lot, with my Papa Fords, you know. And yeah. I remember having uh, – WWF, uh, the All-Stars game, and the uh, WrestleMania game, uh, he, when he would float them in and out. And I had Tyson punch out. I'd kill to have all those back, but he sold yeah. them all years ago. Sold them when they were worth nothing, when they'd sit in that basement and molded for years. Yeah. But, uh, dude, it was great having you on tonight. Oh, yeah. You've got me. I'm, I've got excited. We were talking about other stuff. We're going to do a toy. That I'm going to go ahead and announce this. I'm going to suck Lance into one more episode before he gets tired of doing this. And we're going to do a toy episode because I think that would be an extremely fun episode. Yeah. But tonight we talked about ninjas. And like I said, it, you know, next time it may be a toy if it's a toy episode, but it'll probably be a cartoon based on a toy. But I'll try to pick a movie every time. And uh, tonight's movie in regards to ninja is. American Ninja 2. Hold on, my camera's way up here. I don't know why I did that. American Ninja 2, the confrontation with Michael Dudikoff. If you're uh, a virgin to the uh, the ninja world, um, that's the place to start is uh, American Ninja 2, in my opinion. You can start with American Ninja 1. It's a great movie, but if you're only ever going to watch one, I think American Ninja 2 is probably the place to start. Lance, I really, really appreciate you coming on. It was great talking to you again, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and verbally commit you without your permission to do in the toy episode. Um, but I got to get off here because I'm extremely excited. Now we're just talking, 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 talk, if not, and we're never going to touch ninjas again for the rest of the night. I can guarantee people that. <laughs> so uh, you hang out because as soon as I stop the re- recording, we can still talk for a minute. Uh, I want to thank everybody. Um, Retro cult is on Facebook. I don't know how hard it is to find, but you can find talk junkie and it'll, link your way over you can look at one of my posts um on instagram it's author jay perkins i post the stuff on the show there uh it is on youtube i'm looking for that first subscriber um they don't do great on youtube with either podcast it's also available on itunes uh spotify and anchor i prefer itunes for all my podcasts now that rogan is off and no longer on um iTunes, I have to use Spotify. And I don't hate Spotify. Spotify sponsors this podcast, and uh, so does Anchor. And uh, I love them. I just don't uh, – let's say they sponsor. They sponsor everybody's. All you got to do is go on Anchor, and they'll, they'll show, shovel you out a couple of pennies every time you do an episode. Um, but really, the fun way to check out this show is probably on Spotify because at the end of this episode, there will be a question and a survey. Uh, and if you go or a question in a poll, I don't know what that's going to be yet. It's probably going to be for the next episode instead of doing it for this episode like I did last time. And that reminds me, let me check this real quick. I do probably need to mention this. And let me see if it'll pull up for me real quick. On the last episode, I did a poll and a question. Uh, 
It's not on. Anyway, um, Nightmare on Elm Street won the poll last I checked, unless somebody made an amazing comeback on the best series. But Esley Pigman had a, a great comment he put on there. Uh, the Critter series probably should have been put on there. They probably still Nightmare would have won, he said, but, you know, it was a pretty good series. Uh, and that went up against Halloween and um, Friday the 13th, which I really thought Halloween would kind of pull around, especially with them having a new movie come out and win that. Uh, and then the best, I suck at this. I'm not a great host. I don't remember what everybody said about the best or favorite horror movie was, but I'll do better on the next one and I'll print it out before I get on here. But if you want to email the show, it is retrocultpodcast at gmail.com. Again, if you're hearing this on Talk Junkie, don't send me 40 different hate emails about how this is not a serious subject and how I said a bad word on the show. It's not Talk Junkie. It's Retrocult. I'm just putting it on there so you can hear it. You'll be back to your normal scheduled Talk Junkie episode on the next episode. Um, and we can be as serious as we want to be there. And, and uh, you guys can slowly suck the life out of me there. Um, oh, yeah. Podcast you need to listen to. You need to listen to Spooky Family. You need to listen to uh, Here Chew Bubblegum. You need to listen to Seth's Daily Podcast. You need to listen to the Paranormal Trucker with the artist formerly known as Cronkite, who eventually will give in and be on one of my podcasts. Uh, you need to check out on Facebook, Believe It or Not, with me and Goose from uh, Here Chew Bubblegum. The newest episode of Believe It or Not will be on Here to Bubblegum tomorrow. And as soon as he releases his episode, I'll give it a little bit and I'll release just the Believe It or Not part on the Talk Junkie podcast. Uh, it'll be its own little standalone episode. Uh, you check out the 13th floor. Three people from Kentucky, two of them live in Georgia now, one of them still in Kentucky. Excellent podcast. Check out Buzz in the Tower. They do a lot better with 80 stuff than I do. And, uh, Check out Lance on all of his spots, an amazing artist. And I don't just say that because I know the dude. I've always admired his ability to draw. And um, everybody have a great night. Say bye, Lance. Bye. Lance, bye.